With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, Cam. I just Googled Bruins just to see what is on there. And the top article is a CBS News headline that's just, Jim Montgomery names Charlie Coyle's sister MVP of Bruins siblings trip. (laughs) (laughs) It's from CBS News, apparently. (laughs) Wait, what? All right, what's brewing, everybody? I don't know if I like that yet, but Cam said it was a thing, so now it's a thing. I'm almost certain I don't like it, but that's why we got to keep doing it. It's happened more than once, so now it's a thing. Uh, this is a, the Hockey Podcast Network podcast presented by Bruins Diehards and DraftKings and Raycon and Pride Diehards. Um, what, episode 28 of season four, uh, narrowing in on episode 6,000. Um, I, I am hosting again. Uh, I, my voice still hasn't fully recovered, but you know, we're here. Uh, I hope Cam, I hope you're feeling better. Yeah, we're getting there. We're like a 90%, 95. All right. Uh, Drew, I hope you've recovered from, you know, just being Drew. Yeah. Yeah. From throwing up on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, better. Yeah, I mean, so we we talked with Mikey. We had our our little episode. We split it into two. I think this is going to come out in between those two because uh, we did some we had some deadline talk, and uh, you know nothing too urgent about that because you know no one's going to make any trades. <laughs> that doesn't uh, happen. So you know, I figured we'd uh, we'd hop on and talk about some actual Bruins hockey because we kind of skipped over that in the last conversation, and. I know that we do not watch the hockey games, but still some interesting things to talk about. Um, I think first and foremost, yes, Cam? I just Googled Bruins just to see what is on there. And the top article is a CBS News headline that's just, Jim Montgomery names Charlie Coyle's sister MVP of Bruins siblings trip. (laughs) It's from CBS News, apparently. (laughs) Wait, what? All right, great. Uh, first and foremost, anybody got any beers going on right now? It is uh, oh, Friday night as we are recording. Yeah. yeah, happy Friday, baby. We made it. Happy Friday. Um, I myself, for the first time in a long time, have something that isn't from Bissell Brothers Brewing. Um, I still have some, just 
just gotta break up the reviews every once in a while and uh this one i have reviewed on the pod but not for a while it's the lord hobo doom sauce um so this is what they bring out around halloween every year it is i'm trying to find lighting to do this with on just catch that reflection off the Harry Styles poster on your wall. It is a black double IPA percentage. Please find me. It's something. It's something big. It's like a nine. It's above a nine. Oh, it's an eight. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. An eight percent double IPA. God damn it. Wish Darn. More. But yeah, when you pour this into a glass, it's literally black. Like just about so very dark beer drinkability is on the low side uh we're gonna go with like an eight uh tasteability we'll go we'll go 35 go 35 on the taste it's uh yeah definitely not gonna be chugging these as i feel like cam says that a lot so that's cam's term um yeah, but but still still a nice a nice beverage. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna hop in front of Cam here because my my little anecdote is that uh, I went to the store to get a specific type of beer that I've featured on the pod before. I'm a big fan of the uh, Modelo Chilada Limoni Sal, uh, the lime salt beer, um, and they did not have just that beer, so I got a chalada mixed pack and i didn't actually look at what was in it until i got home and it's just all spicy beers <laughs> so, <laughs> so i'm sitting here with a uh, chalado chalada mango y chile uh and then a chalada pina pina picante um so here goes just got to drink a bunch of spicy beers to get to the uh, the ones that I wanted. Um, okay. So I had already been drinking the mango one and I was I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't particularly spicy cuz I didn't want a very spicy beer. I feel like most of those beers kind of overdo it on the uh, on the heat. And after trying the uh, pineapple one as well, they're both uh, just kind of like the flavor and then like a little bit salty with like a very mild, mild aftertaste of like if I didn't know that there was some sort of pepper flavor in this, I probably wouldn't even picked it out. It's kind of got like a, a little tingle on on the tip of your tongue, but that it's a little just reminiscent of carbonation. So drinkability for the uh, Pina Picante. Um, I mean, still relatively low. I'd give it like a 12. A little uh, Craig Smith action there. Ooh. Um, but tasteability. You can really taste the pineapple there. It's a 35. Respectable. I, I, I still Another like, 35. We had back-to-back 35s. I'm just not really bought in on the whole spicy beer thing. I feel like 
I don't discriminate against many beers, but spicy ones, I feel like, is not something I'm going for. But I respect your your courageousness. Uh, oh, it, your... it wasn't courageousness. It was just uh, blind stupidity. Uh, just uh, accidentally ending up with beers that I didn't necessarily want because of the beers that I wanted. And I know that Cat will not drink spicy beers. And like fair to her, like fair on that. I, I, if you don't want to do that, definitely respect that yeah uh, so i know that i am stuck drinking all of these spicy beers of which there are nine in this pack. oh man <laughs> i wouldn't drink those all in one night or else you're gonna no. have some other spice going on but regardless uh i've got a on the point pilsner from four river brewing company i think i had it on the pod recently um it is on the point it's supposed to be like a you know like a lighthouse kind of thing but it works hockey wise too so we're gonna say it's uh on the blue line uh, from four over here, it's a pretty crispy, uh, mildly sweet pilsner. I just looked it up. Apparently, it's brewed with some like special French hop. Uh, other than that, it's all American. It says it kind of tastes like strawberry, which I definitely get. It also says like it, it gives notes of like breakfast cereal, which I don't. I'm not getting quite that, but um, as opposed to like lunch cereal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you know, or maybe even dinner cereal if you're if you're bold enough but um yeah kind of a a round fruited flavor definitely strawberry i can get again not not so much the breakfast cereal but pretty good drinkability relatively high it's only i think about five percent maybe a little over 5.1 percent so drinkability is going to be 29 you definitely definitely slug some tasteability also relatively high due to that sweetness um, I'm going to say like a 32, which is, I think, pretty good for a Pilsner. Usually those tend to be lighter, crispier, but that's that's packing a pretty good punch there for something that's only 5.1%. Not necessarily hoppy again. It's just very, very sweet is what I would say. All right. Sweet. Um, yeah, so uh, last three Bruins games after the All-Star break, uh, lost to the Capitals. Um, that was one of my least favorite games to watch. It was very frustrating. Um, then a an overtime victory over the Stars, and then an absolute shellacking of the Nashville Predators. Um, my impression uh, was a little bit of worry that uh, this historically paced team was starting to come back down to earth losing uh what four out of five games if you kind of straddle the all-star break then kind of like okay getting the bearings back against a really good dallas team and even though that game went into overtime just from watching the highlights i kind of got the impression that the bruins were kind of in control of that game despite it, it being close they they did score the first goal they were kind of always in the lead um, I guess they did have to even it up at the end, but um, to send it to overtime. But they they wildly outshot Dallas for most of that game, and then you know four on four, sick goal by Pasta to end that one, and then just put an absolute hurting on the Predators. Not a great team, but with some solid players and a really good goaltender. So maybe not a team you expect to beat five to nothing, but 
I, I think that shows signs of the old Bruins from earlier this season coming back. And then you get Jake DeBrusque back for tomorrow's game today, whenever this is released. But I think the signs are all pointing back up. Yeah. I was on... Uh, oh, go ahead, Cam. Not say, I was on another guesting on a podcast earlier. Uh, shout out to Sean Martin and Pugsy's Pit. Especially any local 518ers out there, Sean. Speaking to you. Um, but the, the thing that has been really, I think, the most impressive about the Bruins, like obviously the record is incredible. And um, to get there in the first place, you think, all right, they're probably squeaking out a lot of games and they're they're winning those tight ones, right? Well, to be honest with you, there's not been – I mean, obviously throughout the season they're going to have a lot of tight games, but there's a, plenty of cases where they are blowing the doors off of teams. And to see them do that against Nashville, again, not, like Chris said, Nashville's not you know, like, oh, Stanley Cup contender or anything, but they're not bad. They're not terrible. Their goal differential is is less great than the record shows. Um, but they'll be fighting for a playoff spot in the Western Conference this year. And to see the Bruins just dismantle a team like that as if they were like an AHL team, it's impressive. And it's just, I don't know, I guess a sign of the times. But I like Chris said, I it it feels like this team maybe can't sustain the the record that they had in the first half because it was ridiculous. And especially toward the end of the season, you want to start resting players and stuff, but I'm not sure like what falling back to earth actually looks like. I feel like that three game losing streak they had was them falling back to earth, but even then it's, they picked it up and pretty much done the same thing since then. So I'm not sure if they're going to ever actually hit a skid at this point. I'm not going to saying that, but it feels like at this point they could just, keep doing this all year and then you know obviously the playoffs are a different beast and i don't think just because they run through and put up 160 points or something uh is is gonna mean that they you know can right like just walk through the stanley cup i think that that changes come playoff time but i don't know i'm 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 sort of past waiting for them to like have a huge skid because i'm just not sure it's gonna happen at this point which is is incredible um, does David Pasternak really have 39 goals? Yes, that's 74 <clears throat> points. Yeah, he's like tw- almost 24 25 points. points 74 of... points. Yeah, uh, next in points is Brad Marchand with 47. Next in goals is Patrice Bergeron with 19. Um, absolutely incredible season he's having, quite obviously. Um, obviously, like. Clearly going to hit 40, 50 is, I mean, I'd bet on it if he stays healthy on from there. Uh, really great to see, unfortunately, the timing for Bruins management and uh, <laughs> not the best. Should probably just jump on it as soon as you can. Um, that just, uh, that is so awesome to see. Also, Bergeron going strong with a 60 percent face-off winning percentage uh only beaten by aj greer who won went one and oh on face-off so far this season <laughs> oh he is at a hundred percent um but yeah i mean it really feels like that's the kind of skids you can expect along the way i don't think it's going to be the same utter dominance like every single night uh, but if they win three lose one win two, lose three, I don't know, it, not all in a row, not streaks like that, but like, you know, like 
if you're doing decent the rest of the way, like I'm, I'm content with that. If you're playing like a winning team um, who is going to have some losses, a two game skid, whatever uh, that's like to be expected, but yeah, it really feels like barring an injury. I really feel like that's what would have to take to really have a significant impact on how this team's uh, performs. Uh, I mean, they lost DeBrusque, who was uh, a bit a big piece of this offense this year, and you're not really missing too much of a beat there. Um, so, I think they're. Yeah, to follow up on, on David Pasternak's numbers. Uh, number five in the league in points overall, uh, third among wingers, and number two in the league goal-scoring-wise to Connor McDavid, who uh, currently is one point away from 100. So, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty silly. Kinda, it, he is 19 points ahead of his uh, teammate, Leon Dreisaitl, in the points race. So I, I think he, maybe even if he gets hurt, uh <laughs> might win the points race but um yeah i mean the the things that we were worried about going into the season just don't seem like things that need to be a worry anymore and a lot of that's due to Hampus Lindholm being insane i think we were worried about uh, is Charlie McAvoy going to be healthy? Uh, are the Bruins going to be able to sustain the, all the injuries that uh, are plaguing them coming into into the season? And I, I mean, we talked about this a little bit on the last episode, but Charlie McAvoy um, did not start off well uh, and kind of was very obvious from the beginning that he just like wasn't healthy. And I've been tracking his kind of underlying numbers throughout the year and he's like even on a weekly basis, bumping everything up. Like it, it, you can see on the ice, he's playing well. Um, I mean that he was the one who had the assist on that uh, overtime goal by Pasternak, just an absolutely insane diagonal across the ice pass for a one-timer there. Um, and yeah, I mean, if, if he and Lim, Lindholm are playing at, you know, n- not Norris quality, but, you know, just below that level. Like, I, I think those guys are going to get some Norris votes, probably be somewhere in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I did, I'll take back everything I said about the Lindholm deal. I mean, I was very worried about signing a, an almost 30-year-old player to an eight-year deal, and I think probably the end of that deal is not going to look great, but making me seem very silly right now <laughs> right now it's working well yeah i think that's the thing too and you look at like i think when you compare what bruce cassidy's bruins and jim montgomery's bruins how they play the big notice is is the offensive playing style right it's activating the defense to be a bigger part of your attack in the neutral or in the in the offensive zone pinch after pinch yeah and that's like you think oh they've they've boosted their game offensively well they're actually the best defensive team in the league right now, too, which is pretty ridiculous to think about. Like by a large even, margin, too. Yeah, by a pretty large margin. And I think they're top two or three offensively, too, which is just, again, it's incredible. But like when you think about, oh my gosh, they're they're scoring. Like I I was checking, or I'll have to look it up while somebody else is talking here in a sec, but like they're scoring at a rate that up top to bottom of the lineup that they weren't doing last season, obviously. And yet, it's not like they're sacrificing anything defensively. They've actually become a better defensive team with this same system, too. So, 
that's just kind of crazy to me that everybody's thinking about, you know, look at how good this team is offensively all of a sudden. But it really, it's it's been, you know, the defense that's carried them, I think, throughout most of the season as well, which they, was supposed to be a concern going in, like Chris said. The Bruins have an 86-goal differential. <laughs> in, uh, in second place is the Devils and the Stars with 41. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty, pretty dominant. You yeah. almost don't need to look at the standings unless you're assuming that uh, that the Bruins won a bunch of games like twenty to nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think Jim Montgomery should win Coach of the Year. I, yeah. That's another thing that we've talked about in the past. Is like very often. I definitely talked to Lancey about this when we were doing our our midseason awards. Is the Jack Adams too often goes to the bad team from last year that was good this year uh, unexpectedly, regardless of whether it seems like the coach was to do with it or if a goalie just got hot for the season. But this really seems like born out on the ice, a specific change to the methodology on, on the ice for a team bearing itself out in just incredible results. Yeah. Um, I mean, a perfect example of what you were saying, Cam, just like activating the defense. It's not even guys necessarily just pinching. It's not guys taking more shots from the blue line. It's not necessarily even driving the net. It, against the Stars, the Taylor Hall goal, uh, Hampus Lindholm drove around behind the red line got almost behind the goal into the Gretzky's office area, kind of back pass to a wide open Taylor Hall. Yeah. It's like that I just mean, confuses people. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's Hampus Lindholm, who, by the way, is sixth on the team in scoring right now as a defenseman with 36 points, <laughs> including 30 assists. It's when you're a forward in hockey, like your job is to work a cycle. That's what you cycle a puck and you try to create openings to like, create scoring opportunities, driving the net through the cycle, bringing people out of position or just opening up space through the movement of the puck. And what Montgomery has done is like, it, like Chris said, it's not just activating All right. The defense has take more shots and get bodies in front. It's, it's activating them as a part of that cycle. And suddenly a three man cycle in the corner is a five man cycle around the entire zone. And it's tough to do, but if you can pull it off in the way that the Bruins have, and with the talent that they've got, it is so much harder to defend than a three-man cycle that they can dish it out to the blue line if they get stuck or if they have a guy who's got a cannon on there or if they have Eric Carlson who can just become his own cycle. And it's just it, – it's reflecting up and down the lineup. It's not like it, they're taking opportunities from the forwards. It's just it boosts everybody's threat level. And, again, this is something I was also talking about earlier on that on another podcast. Like in the previous years, it's been you locked down the Bruins – shiny weapons, right? The Bergerons, the Marchands, the Pasternaks. And they might have a little bit of depth below that, but they were never really threatening from the blue line. There was occasionally like you had to watch out for Char's slap shot. You had to watch out for guys like McAvoy who can maybe make a difference with their individual talent. But I don't think there's ever been a system there. Not ever, but in the last couple of years that the, the Bruins issue has been that fall off after those initial shiny toys. And this system allows everybody to be a threat, not even just the Hampus Lindholms, but also the Connor Cliftons and Derek Scoreboards. Yeah, dude, look at Derek Scoreboards. 
Brandon Carlo scoring goals from mm-hmm. below the dots this year. Like he that's, had, that he was not assist. possible. He had an assist yeah. too. Just, from from below the faceoff dots, it's just a totally different approach, and it's it's working its way all the way up and down the lineup. You know what uh, it, it reminds get... you know what it reminds me of. It's one uh, in hockey. Just reminds me of like the way that most teams these days organize their power play, mm-hmm. um, and then make a little basketball corollary it just reminds me of like the newer game where like a lot more floating less positional rigidity where like guys are switching on everything um making a lot of passes and and making sure everyone touches the ball not because you know this is what is prescribed by the play but because you know this is what's gonna create opportunities yeah um last note before ads last season Bruins in the entire regular season had nine players get to 30 points. They've already got nine who have gotten to 30 points. Last year they had 10 total who reached 20 points, 30 at 13, and they've got almost 30 games left to play, which is ridiculous. That it just shows you again, it's not like it's not like the first line is carrying them to every night. It's it's top to bottom scoring that they, they just have not had the last few seasons. We love to see it. Um, and one thing I wanted to mention uh, on the uh, note of defense, obviously that usually translates to good goaltending. Uh, for those who have not been paying attention, uh, Jeremy Swayman has, is back. Um, uh, there was a lot of worry about Jeremy Swayman. For a little while, he was carrying a, an under nine uh, save percentage. Uh, he's up to 918. A league average is around 900 this year. So, um that's well above league average. There's players that we were talking about at the midseason who were at the 918, 919 kind of range that are in the Vezina discussion. Um, Linus Olmark, I, he was at 938 when we were talking about midseason stuff. He's at 937 now. Um, really, oh, taking, really taking a big hit. So it's even better. Uh, and you got the Keith 37. Kincaid, uh, Keith Kincaid uh, played one game, 968. One goal against. Uh, he's leading the team in all goal attending statistics uh, rate wise. So uh, everyone else has to step up their game. It's not fair. Uh, speaking of stepping up their games, Drew, I believe you had something to say. <laughs> I should have led that into like a DraftKings stepped up same game parlay, but we're going to Yeah, Raycon that's what I thought you were doing. <laughs> I, was, I was tossing to Raycon. Get after it, buddy. Step all up right. your, uh, your headphone game. This time of year. Everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. I've actually found that the smallest change to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest thing can be a part of big changes. If it's something you use every day, like Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low-latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycons got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. 
so you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each pair or a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love Raycons as much as some people do, Raycon wants to make you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. Um, there's a list of uh, functions that some things have. Earbud tap functions, noise isolation, awareness modes, custom gel tips for the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit. Um, ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off buyraycon.com slash THPN. Age and eligibility. No. <laughs> I, I like to get a pair and a spare. And give my spare to a bear to wear in a comfy chair. Is it a care bear? Yeah. <laughs> as long as they don't stare. <laughs> All right. Uh, the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. Okay. <laughs> With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Oh, this is great. What does the heat do? By you makes you sweat. You feel the sweat real good. <laughs> Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet of up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with the same game parlay spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit with or cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I can't wait to bet on baseball. <laughs> spring training baseball, baby. That's actually I've I've bet on spring training baseball before. You just it's all about who's pitching for the first two innings. You know, you really gotta hope your boys can can run some up. And I'm I'm taking BC over the Red guy. Sox this year. Yeah, yeah. It's, they're probably they're probably the favorites though. Is the thing. So you might want to be careful about that. Yeah. Oh, Let's work. go Red Sox. Speaking of Red Sox, you want some socks? We don't have them, but we do have Brews and Bruins t-shirts. That's right. Get your t-shirt with the Brews and Bruins logo. Just make sure you put it in the washing machine inside out on a gentle cycle. <laughs> get a get a stick or two. Wait, do you have socks now? No, I was no. saying we don't. <laughs> you didn't listen to the ad. I didn't. I was hoping we had socks. That'd be sweet. We should get some socks. We should get better quality t-shirts and some uh, sweatshirts. Yeah, I have had a request for sweatshirts, actually, so that's... Right. Sweatshirts is next. Um, yeah. Anyway, this is now just a Brews and Bruins board meeting. Yeah. Well, Brews and Bruins board meeting, welcome. Without members of the board, we are we are board co-chair people, um, and then we, we have... Our board is anyone who's been on the podcast more than once. <laughs> <laughs> which is a lot of people yeah because they were bored 
We're good hey. at recycling. Um, who's got hockey to talk about? Because I don't. I mean, I don't there's know. the uh, there's the outdoor game that I think might be going on right now. Uh, is the Hurricanes is. Yeah. and the Capitals in Raleigh? Oh, yeah. those fucking awful jerseys. The um, Caps ones aren't bad, but the it's just so boring what the Hurricanes did. I don't see it, that game. Regular Hurricanes right jerseys or something. I think that must must be tomorrow. Maybe. Or today. Chicago, Ottawa, Pittsburgh. We, uh, oh, we, oh, and we release it. <laughs> oh, the more you know. Oh, the Providence Bruins are wearing some Jurassic Park jerseys. Yeah, I tweeted, uh, these are hideous. I love them. <laughs> they are pretty hideous, but yeah, I mean, I respect it. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, if you haven't seen these, look them up because, uh, yeah, there, there's something. Yeah. It's an interesting color choice. I think the only reason we're continuing is because our ad reads need to be mid-roll, so we need to be... <laughs> <laughs> That's mid-roll. <laughs> it's, in the, it's in our podcast. You guys uh, watch, watch any good movies lately? Um... My buddy's been trying to get me to watch Bullet Train for like a month and a half. I just don't really watch that many movies. They're kind of a, a big commitment, you know, time-wise. And uh, yeah, I do want to watch it. Like, I'm going – it's going to happen at some point. It's just that usually I'm not like, all right, I'm going to sit out and kill two hours right now. Like it's This, just, uh, this see, mediocrely reviewed Brad Pitt action movie from like a year ago is yeah. something that you've just – it's been in your queue for so long that you haven't been able to make time for. Yeah, I mean, he was like, I loved it. And I was like, all right. I'll watch it, but I don't know when. <laughs> See, I say the same thing about movies. Like, it's a commitment. It's like an hour and a half or two hours or whatever. And then you but watch I will eight watch episodes of a TV three, show. Yeah, I'll watch like three one-hour episodes of a TV show. No problem. So. Yeah, I just feel like that's the thing. Is like You feel like each one of those is less of a commitment. You can reevaluate. It's so much harder to like stop a movie in the middle. Or like you don't want to do that. You know what I mean? But like... You watch an hour-long show, and you're like, "You got, I got a chance to reevaluate here. We're gonna keep it running." Because sometimes that's, you know, I just can't sit around that long. It's like you, you do an hour, and then yeah, oh, trying to go to the theater, uh, and and see some movies. I know on the, uh, I do love I, the theater though. Yeah, I think on the on the next episode that will be published after this one, uh, we talked to Mikey about how uh, the fam and I went to go see uh, Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. And then Kat and I went and saw Magic Mike, The Last Dance. Um, so a- any movie with the last whatever in it, I'm, I'm down for right now. Um, yeah, so if um, anyone's got any suggestions on, on those. Have you, um, just ignoring movies, have you <laughs> seen the last of us yeah same one on that no we're, uh, uh, yeah it's also it, on the list. It's, it's on the list i i think i'm trying to think of what so we just finished the netflix series shadow and bone season one season two comes out soon like next week or something like that and then i think probably after we do that the last of us is on the list 
I have, I have played the game. Yeah. So, like, I know a little bit about what happens. I haven't played the second one, but. Yeah. It's, um, it does the game justice. Um, I mean, it's better if you appreciate, like, I mean, not better. You, you catch on to the Easter eggs and stuff if you've played the game. But even if you haven't played the game, like, just standalone, like, you wouldn't even know it was based on a video game if you're watching it. Like, it's not one of those things where it's obvious it was inspired by like something else, um, <clears throat> which is pretty cool. And they expand where they should hint, hint episode three. Um, and they don't when they show, shouldn't show. I'm enjoying um, the memes though. Like the, uh, the whole 10 miles West of Boston thing. Yeah. I, I love that. That was ridiculous. That's... That was like maybe, maybe 60 miles. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's, maybe. that's kind of what my parents' neck of the woods looks like. So, yeah. yeah. Definitely more Berkshires than, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, shouts to, yeah, I will, I will say as far as TV shows go, <laughs> if you, uh, and this is for any of our listeners who enjoy trash reality, um, anybody who enjoyed like Jersey Shore um, should try Geordie Shore. Uh, it is the Newcastle, England version of Jersey Shore. Oh, and it no. Is, it is so much better. I and, and I say that as someone who really enjoyed Jersey Shore. Um, I'm not really a reality TV guy, but there's just like a certain amount of comfort I get from watching people who like technically speak the same language that I do, but without anyway, without yeah. subtitles, I would be completely lost. Yeah, I um, I really Julie and I watch uh, Hell's Kitchen a lot. Okay, Hell's Kitchen like for a reality TV show. I really like that. Um, I also, for reality, the show Alone, which mm-hmm. Julia and I need to get back into watching. Um, if you haven't watched it, it's just uh, they send 10 people out into, usually it's British Columbia, Vancouver Island. They yeah, did Vancouver Island seasons. is the... Yeah, and they send them out there with like a GoPro and another camera with a tripod and they have a couple different pieces of equipment they can use from home uh, from a very limited list of things they can bring. And they just try to survive and they film themselves. Like it's all, they film themselves. They're truly alone other than like a biweekly checkup. And it's crazy. The psychological and physical accomplishments or barriers. They, they, they overcome. It's pretty terrifying. Yeah. It's also terrifying. Yeah. I, I enjoy that show. That was that was a pandemic watch for me, uh, and I haven't really uh, haven't really gotten back into it. I think I think watching too many of those, like too many seasons in a row, really kind of eats at you mentally. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it feels weird complaining about that when the people who uh, are in it uh, go through uh, way, I way worse, but. When I was in Utah in, uh, in that wilderness program, there we did a three-day solo. Uh, it was like part of what you – and it was 
you're within earshot of people if you need to yell for help, but they're, they don't talk to you. You don't talk to them unless there's an emergency. Uh, you can't even really see them. So, uh, and it was like weird. It was weird, but it was also cool. Like, yes, I have some solitude and like good mentally, but after three days, like I think you're, you're pretty much good. Maybe you can do a week and that's fine. But these people are going just like months alone. And it's yeah, crazy. Like hundred days or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's know. nuts. I, I think the one that disappointed me the most was they did a season that was uh, like two people surviving together. Mm-hmm. But they started them in different places so they had to like yes. find each other and they i thought like that 10 was miles apart i thought that was real weird like just start them together and then like give them a real shot they're like half the teams quit because they couldn't find each other yeah, <laughs> this is stupid they at least put them closer i think they put them like 10 miles apart yeah, it's it, like it, can like, you do like truly a mile <laughs> and like i think one team had to quit because one of the guys got hurt like walking <laughs> trying to find the other guy <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> yeah, I think he like twisted his ankle mm. and was like, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> Not my ankle. Like, yeah. Oh. Good show though. Uh Julia wanted me to mention The Last Kingdom as well as a good show. Utrid, son of Utrid, main character. Uh, um do we have anything else? I, I did want to point out that uh, one of our uh, once and future guests, uh, I don't know if this is privileged information, not really, but I, did, I don't know if he'd want this revealed that it was him who uh, mentioned it to me, but I uh, noted, he noticed that uh, Jakob Lauko was uh, sent down before hockey is for everyone night. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think uh avoiding having somebody who had some uh, homophobic stuff come out on Twitter uh, being on your roster while that's uh, being celebrated is uh, I, I don't know if that was intentional but smart if so yeah <laughs> avoid a pre-game warm up uh, shenanigans if you if you can I guess yeah you already you already soiled yourself as an organization once this year you don't need to do it again um, at least in that manner, I think him being there is kind of soiling it. <laughs> anyway, but you know, yeah, don't give him a don't give him a roster spot that night. Agreed. Yeah, I, a lot of, a lot of people buzzing on Twitter that like him getting sent down is a real sign that this guy's not going to be around after the trade deadline. And uh, I would say like I kind of hope that's true, but also who wants him? Like, yeah. what did he? Oh, there's show? always <laughs> someone. Cam Neely. <laughs> Is knocking on that door. Um, All right, so uh, I think that's probably <laughs> I think that's probably enough to, <laughs> to put our listeners through for now. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll be back with another one that we've already recorded real soon. Shouts to Mikey. Bye. <laughs>